What's good guys, Ross Potter here and this is the RP Coaching Podcast where we'll talk about training, nutrition, mindset and everything in between. Created with you in mind, this podcast aims to educate and help you to tick those boxes daily. If you do enjoy the content, show me a little love, subscribe and share. Enjoy the episode. Guess who is back for yet another episode, and I'm here yet again with the guru, the love child, who is Mr. <laughs> Ian Val. Um, welcome back. Hello, thank you very much for coming. Today's episode, we are aiming to clear up and explore metabolic typing. So, kind of the process of personalization, trying to make a diet plan personal to you, and your genetic makeup and I think also ensuring that if you have a coach that the diet you are following can be related and is working for you and is not a one-size-fits-all plan uh, which is what we're trying to move away from so Ian mm. what is metabolic typing it's some, something that is quite close to my heart I guess because of um, as you said most Almost every trainer out there, every fitness trainer will say, I will personalize your program. I will give you a personalized fitness program. I will give you a personalized diet. And this, although it may be ignorance on their side, is impossible without the use of metabolic typing and further some kind of diagnostic testing as well. Um, and it, it's something that does permeate the entire industry. So it's a, bit, it's a bit annoying in my sense when I know what true personalization is. And when people just keep coming out with this tag. Yeah, I think I think there's a big what what we're gonna talk about here is the true metabolic typing method where we look at the actual kind of genetic makeup of you and your your human self. Um, we're not talking about the personalized approach that let's say I would take with my client, whilst it, it is ninety-nine percent more personal than <clears throat> a lot of other coaches who would just print off a diet from yeah. bodybuilding.com or they would find something in men's health um, to yeah you know <laughs> to, to, to give to you as a client um, we are talking about the very very detailed specific metabolic typing but then with that we are going to look at kind of why you do need a more personal not necessarily a metabolic approach but definitely a more personal approach to a one-size-fits-all plan so yeah. yeah I mean sort of metabolic typing came about um, probably a hundred years ago or so now when this guy called Weston A. Price sort of traveled around the world and he uh, studied indigenous tribes and he was trying to figure out why the health and he was a dentist and in particular the teeth health of Americans was so poor and you go to indigenous tribes and you see these people that don't brush their teeth at all, that don't have any kind of real hygiene or, or health practice um, that you could see, but their teeth were fantastic, they were white as you can be, like the, the, their teeth will fit in their mouth, there was no braces or anything like that going on in these tribes, and in the, he kept on seeing it all the way around the world, and he figured that it's actually because of their nutrition and their diet was perfect for what they needed. And he went around, obviously, and not all these tribes were eating the same things. You know, if you go up to, you know, cold, colder regions um, and you see Inuits and they're, they're there 
you know, they're eating nothing pretty much apart from whale blubber and seal and things like that. There's hardly any vegetables in there. Um, and then you go to Aboriginals, there's not very much meat in there. There's sort of grubs and things like that, but a lot of sort of forage root sort of vegetables that they'll eat. Um, and then you sort of come to Europe where we're more seasonal and we'll have sort of some, you know, seasonal fruits as, you know, in, in the summer. And your Chinese and Kit Kat. Well, you know, so we've got to keep it real. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, you see, and they, he kind of found that, yeah, actually, when you're eating a, a diet that's much more closely aligned to how your, your tribe or where you're from has eaten for, you know, hundreds if not thousands of years, then you're much closer to health. And so metabolic typing is a way to understand where you're from in, in those terms in, in the world and what would more likely be a better diet for you. I think it's worth saying it. the only way, I think I'm right in saying this, you're going to know that, <clears throat> is to sit down with someone like Ian, to look at bloods, to look at intolerances, to look at kind of where to go with that. Because again, I have no idea where I come from, I have no idea X, Y, Z, but after doing a lot of research with Ian, I do know my intolerances, I know where my hormones lie, I know what foods suit me and what don't, so I think it's, there is a lot more information and research that has to go into this, mm. rather than trying to Google, where am I from? Yeah. Um, there are, yeah, I mean, there are sort of different ways to do it, and obviously we started off without the benefit of science um, when this kind of came out uh, many years ago. Um, but the, as, as you mentioned, it's the, the amount of sort of, I guess, intermarriage that's gone on within different tribes and different countries um, and different places and genes have been thrown together and they've been mixed up. So all of us now kind of, I can't say, oh, I'm definitely from Europe because I live in England. Um, I, might, I may well have, you know, genes from the you know South America or my genes from you know anywhere in the world like and uh, and so I actually would survive better on a, a different type of diet so the metabolic typing diet helps people understand where they're from what kind of proportion of macronutrients they need so you've got your carbs your fats your proteins what proportion should you have in each meal and you can kind of see these days that everybody is confused with diets because they're not they don't seem to work very well so right, and that's because a diet may work well for one person, it may make a second person get no results whatsoever, and the third person they might make him sick. Yeah, and that's one big thing. I think we we do need to focus on it, especially. I mean, from me as a coach, um, the amount of people that come to me saying, "I've tried X, I've tried Y, I've tried Z, nothing works." If you can make something work, you'll be a miracle worker. Now. <clears throat> Sometimes just sitting down with that client, saying, right, what have you done before? What have you done X, Y, Z? And then what are you on now? And generally, nine times out of ten, the moment you can find out the calories they're on, their breakdown of macronutrients, is a simple turnaround in, in macros. So for most people that I would um, deal with, protein's really low, carbs are really high, and fats are really low. So again, all we would need to do is reshuffle the, the macronutrients to, you can still eat the same calories, you know, you just work on 2000 calories, it's predominantly made up of carbohydrates. We can then shift that 
so that most of the calories come from the proteins and the fats with a lower carbohydrate. And it may be something as simple as just swapping macros that gets that client the result they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's so many people out there that will kind of, I guess, it, it, I'm trying to trying to think at the moment, like with most people, if the older they get, the harder a whole, the whole thing becomes. And that's because they've had more time to screw up their bodies. Um, when you're young, like I say, you can get away with quite a lot. Um, the problem is with diets and things like that, you're lowering your metabolic rate, you're stressing your body out every single time you're on a diet because most diets out there are deprivation diets. They're not diets full of nutrients and nutrition and you know carefully planned out so you're getting what you need. Um, so we want to make sure that you know if, if you can do this early on in your life, then great, that's better. If you're older, we may have a few more things that you have to unwind. So if you've got you know organs that are fatigued, for years of uh, stressful eating and stressful exercise, then you may well find that uh, you need to have a little bit more. But the metabolic rating will definitely get you on the right track and help you understand a bit more about what's going on. So, obviously, the listeners are probably sat thinking, great, metabolic typing, sounds great. Mm -hmm. What the hell do I do to find out X, Y, Z? Where right. do we start? So where most people start is there's a questionnaire. So it's fairly fairly low maintenance, but you can get a questionnaire on metabolic typing, which can be anywhere from about 20 questions to 3,000 questions. <laughs> so it can be more and more detailed, obviously, how you go through, but it will ask basically kind of your preferences and trying to get your initial response rather than thinking, oh, I know that oats are good for me. So if you say, what breakfast is best for me in the morning, would I rather have... Um, a a burger or or some or porridge a bowl of porridge oats what's best for me and then you think oh well like this questionnaire wants me to say porridge oats and do that then you're going to get a, a skewed uh, result but we want to make sure that yeah you're when you're doing doing the questionnaire as truthful as possible so you can understand your kind of genetic predisposition towards foods whether you like salty foods or more sweet foods and things like that. So yeah, it's a point. Way. It's a point worth bringing up, um, especially when it comes to being honest. Um, I sit down time and time again with clients, and I'll say, "Can you record me a seven-day eating structure?" Uh, because then I will look at and I will analyze where we're potentially going wrong, and a lot of people then start to make healthy decisions. They start mm -hmm. to think, "Oh, you know, I'm going to have a salad." Or I'm going to not have that chocolate bar because I want to appear like I'm doing the right thing. But in actual fact, that's the worst thing you can do because it's not a true account of where you currently are. If you've been eating um, chocolate bars and Chinese takeaways for the last six weeks, then when I ask for your food diary, you're giving me salads and carrot sticks and water. I'm going to sit there and think, okay, Christ, we need to see a doctor mm. or a specialist because there's something majorly wrong. So mm. it is within your best interests, not only to, as Ian said, if you are going to do this questionnaire, answer them as truthfully as possible. But I think especially if you're going to start logging and tracking calories, you need to be 100% truthful. If you're having six custard creams at 3am, you have to log six custard creams mm. at 3am. Mm. So... And that's the thing, a lot of people, they, they kind of lean into this, um, on, you know, even the sort of foods you might eat that look supposedly healthy or they've got a healthy sticker on their 
on their packet, um, you'll find that they, those foods aren't actually very healthy. And you want to make sure you aim for foods that are nutrient dense. So like calories are very important. They're kind of a, a gauge of uh, the amount of energy you're burning, but they're not the entire equation. So you definitely need to focus on foods that are going to have the nutrients you need to, to fire up. And then going on from that a step further, the effect those foods are having on your hormones. So hormonal balance is very important. So we want to make sure that we're keeping all those in check. So we've answered the questionnaire. I'm sure you can do them online. I'm sure there's... There's well, one way to do, usually you need to contact some kind of practitioner um, because you need them translated. Into Is that a marketing ploy? Not well. It's it's a very it's a very easy one. Well, there you go. If you, if you want if you want um, to get it done, Ian's the man to contact. Yeah. Sorted that out. Yeah. Um, so you've contacted Ian. You've gone through your questionnaire. Where do we go now? Well, the next step would would likely be figuring out what sort of foods, what sort of breakfasts, what sort of lunches and dinners that you would be more predisposed to. So again, we're talking proportions of food. So if somebody was um, an Inuit and they need 90% or a, or a red Indian, as they were back in the day, um, and, uh, and they um, need 90% meat, then we say, okay, the proportion of your foods are gonna be this way or leaning this way. So we need to have lots more fats and protein in your diet. People who do that, then we can move on to what kind of foods we, we feed those people. There is, of course, the, the slight issue these days that people are intolerant to foods that they could potentially be within their category of their metabolic type. So then you can do an elimination diet, which again is a sort of value version of a blood test. Um, so elimination diets, you pretty much cut out all the foods you think might give you bloating, might give you cramps, might give you sort of gas, um, constipation, anything like that. You cut those out for 12 weeks and then you slowly reintroduce each food one at a time to figure out if any of them are causing you issues. Obviously the quicker version is to get a food intolerance test which means that you'll get blood test, you'll get results back in three to five working days and then you'll know exactly what you should avoid at that time. That isn't forever just to say, I had somebody the other day saying, oh I don't, I don't want to do it because I don't want to not eat the foods that I like. <laughs> but of course these foods are causing you a big problem. Um, and so you need to get them out for a short amount of time because it's not the fact that you, the foods are bad foods, it's just that they're currently giving you an inflammatory response. So you need to heal your gut, make sure it's strong again, and then when you eat those foods again, they won't cause you a problem. I think it's worth saying as well, it's not always internal. Sometimes mm. foods can have effects externally, um, skin problems. Um, there's, there's 101 health issues which sometimes... You know, some people think, oh, my, my head or my scalp is so itchy and I'm covered in rashes. And they would look at their skincare, they would look at their shower gels, their soaps, when in actual fact it could be related to something that they're eating. So it's not always going to be intolerance internally, which is going to be necessarily bloating or an inflammatory response. Um, there is a lot more to it. So yeah. again, it is worth looking into. Yeah, very true, exactly. So... Um, so yeah, that's, that's a good good one to sort of sort out. So then you know you're eating the right foods proportion, you're eating the right foods that are nutritionally dense um, and gonna get you the result that you want. Um, the step on from there would then be some diagnostic testing. So doing a, a blood test, which would un you'd understand then your hormonal profile. You then understand your blood sugar. So if you've been eating poor for a long time, you may well have an insulin problem, which will then be very, very, very hard to sort out unless um, you know about it because
because you can't, if you've got a, a roadblock like insulin, then uh, there's no way around it, unfortunately. And a roadblock is something we don't want to hit. So let's give the listeners an example. We've done our metabolic typing. We found out that we are 50% carbs, 50% fats, and we're, we're quite happy with that ratio. Mm. Um, is that for the rest of my life? Um, or, or what happens then in terms of kind of personalization going forward? That, that is a, an area um, we'll sort of probably come into late, later on where you find that actually your metabolic type is flexible. So you sort of, the amount of foods you need from week to week, maybe month to month, in this country more seasonal, um, it actually changes quite significantly. So if you're too hot or you're too cold, the amount of different foods you'll find will change. If you are exercising, you take up an exercise program, you're going from zero times a week to five times a week, your metabolic type will change. I get that myself when I don't exercise, if I'm on holiday, or if I'm just too busy and don't have the time and I have like a week off, um, I'll find that my, my taste for protein or meat actually completely disappears and I'm pretty much a vegetarian. But as soon as I start exercising again, my body's just like, hello, we need some more of that. So the protein sort of floods back into my diet. So it's in, important to understand that you don't want to tarnish yourself with a brush that is just like, I am this way. And that's probably the biggest issue with most diets out there these days, is that, that you're in a camp, you're very, pretty much all the camps are dogmatic on their beliefs, and most people don't understand the diets inside and out anyway. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's tricky to get over dog, dog, dogmatic stuff. I mean, you can see religion is very dogmatic and you know, we've still got you know, loads of religions around that are based on stories and metaphors that people take literally and they go do terrible things to protect their, their, their um, beliefs. beliefs exactly. So what we need to do is seek a coach that actually designs a diet based on your needs. One big thing that I'm always big on is trying to involve the client with that process as much as possible. So when I give a um, diet plan, there's a lot of research and background kind of things that have been going on um, in terms of a questionnaire whereby I ask how many meals would my client like, what are their kind of optimal eating times, what do they um, want to see in the plan within reason, obviously not pizza and things like that. But, you know, do they like eating nuts? Are they really enjoying their oats in the morning? And there's no need for a coach to be cutting those things out because then you get into really restrictive plans and that is a great way to lead on to a bad relationship with food whereby your coach is saying you are not allowed X, Y, Z. When in actual fact, that might be what's keeping you going it may just be we need to look at quantities and timings of when you put those nutrients in so i think that's that's one thing i want to just make sure you guys are aware of is whilst we are talking about metabolic typing and that process of very very detailed personalization there are probably one percent of coaches that would actually go to that level of personalization mm. just because one, of time, two, of cost, mm. um, and three, also of education because I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm in a position to carry out those tests. Ian, on the other hand, is because mm. Ian has that background. Um, but yeah. it's, it's important that when you are going to 
employ yourself a coach or hire yourself a coach, that should be the first thing you're asking is, will I get a customized diet plan? If they say yes, I would be looking at, okay, how are you going to personalize that for me? How are you, as my trainer, going to ensure that this is personalized? If the coach says, I'm going to give you a personalized plan, and then a week later, they give you a plan, how on earth could that possibly be personalized when they haven't contacted you in regard to what times you eat, how many meals you eat, what food you like, what you dislike, what you're intolerant to? It's, no, not, it's nonsense. There needs, yeah, there needs to be some kind of uh, line drawn where it's this is what you want and this is what you need. And obviously, as a coach, that's what you're there for. You're meant to identify, okay, I can bring these things in that you want, and obviously this is your goal, that's fine, but what you need is this. And then you explain that to the, the client, and they may understand why they can't necessarily go on in that direction if they if they want to. Um, but obviously, with, you know, as a personal trainer, you, you're the professional. The issue, uh, like you're sort of alluding to, is that most coaches out there will not will say, we'll personalise your diet, but they have no idea what personalisation is. They'll just give you a random diet that they've probably got online. Um, so, and it's, it's unfortunately a rampant, rampant part of it. That it's very, very generic. It's very, very one-size-fits-all out there. Um, and people aren't getting the results because of it. I think you also need to be aware that you might have to pay a little bit more for such a service because there are many coaches. And I think there's a big difference between personal trainer and what I would brand myself as as a physique coach or a mentor because if you were expecting to go into a gym pay 30 pounds for a PT session personal training session and then be delivered with a really personal plan weekly check-ins updates don't expect that to happen because you are paying for an hour of that personal trainer's time you're not paying for the knowledge and experience outside of that and whilst you might think well that should come part and parcel of if i'm getting a personal trainer they should be doing that anyway but that's the difference and i think that's where the industry's perhaps gone wrong is everybody assumes that a personal trainer is going to give you a personalized plan diet and training look after you coach you mentor you that in my eyes is a difference between a coach and a trainer and that's why i am big on branding myself as a coach yeah. because i do not offer just a one session one hour yeah leg training yeah i mean that's that's exactly it i think i, I spent many years as a personal trainer as well and i've seen hundreds of personal trainers come and go and they all have that mentality of like, right, I'm being paid for by the hour. And when you see them for the hour, I'm sure they're great. But after that hour's done, they're out of there. And you've got 168 or 67 hours a week um, to mess up everything they were just trying to tell you. So this kind of massive download of information of you need to eat this, you need to eat that, you need to go to bed on time, you need to do yada, yada, yada. Um, it's just impossible to do. And that's a similar reason why I became much more of a coach because it then I, I help people implement what I want them to implement and it's far far more effective at doing that rather than standing next to people and counting to 10 for an hour yeah three times a week. yeah we all, we all start off in the industry as personal trainers but I think if you genuinely want to be successful <clears throat> have good results with clients 
I personally believe, in my opinion, that you have to go into more of a coaching side. You have to have check-ins. You have to be in contact with that client most days, if not every day. They have to be able to contact you with questions, with um, things that maybe they're stuck with. And I see this far too often, you know, even in the gym where I train just in any time fitness, the personal trainers are just absolutely horrific. And it's, I'm not afraid to say that because this is, a, this is the real life, what goes on. And whilst that client might have a great session, as you've said, in the 60 minutes, and they might think their trainer's their best friend, and this is amazing, six months down the line, they look the same, they feel the same, they probably feel even worse because they've not got a result. They feel they've been putting in a lot of effort. But the moment that client leaves, there is no contact for seven days until they turn up with 50 pounds in their hand. Well, I wouldn't say 50 because I don't know many trainers that will charge 50. 24 is probably 25 is more likely because everyone undersells. Um, here's some money. Oh, see the color of money. Oh, let's do a session. And sadly, that's the way the industry is going. So please be aware that if you are going to spend, I wouldn't even say spend, I'd say invest because you're investing in your health, your hard-earned pennies, please, for God's sake, look at the person you are hiring. Look at their transformations. Sit down, have a consultation. Make sure that they genuinely want to see you get a result. They are not going to happily take your 30 40 pounds and then go do some shopping with it post it on instagram and um and live a, a life that yeah. well is <laughs> not there it's not yeah. it's not it's a it's a false yeah, it's a highlight you, really. you need to sort of look at the trainer's cv a bit and and make sure that they didn't qualify in the last sort of i know everybody needs experience but it, you know it's different levels so if they're promising you the world and they they've had they finished their three-month pt degree and they've had two weeks experience the likelihood is they're not going to be able to live, deliver on the promises that they ha they're giving you, and if I, you know, I've been back and forth with this, where I've been irritated by the whole industry and irritated by the quality of service that most people are getting. But when you leave PT University on sort of day one, you think you know everything, um, and you're you're like, oh yeah, I, I can help anyone now. And and for me, I sort thought, thought the same thing twenty years ago, and then I suddenly realised that actually. You know, 50% of my clients aren't getting the results that I'd expect, and either they were lying to me or my programs weren't working. But I was doing everything I was taught, so what, how could it be the program? And then only through sort of further investigation, self um, education, um, and yeah, trying to understand it, have I sort of been led down a 15 year plus uh, education uh, hole, rabbit hole that makes me feel like if you know, the more you, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. And, um, and the industry is full of people that don't know enough to know they don't know enough. Yeah. So they think, they, they think that they can promise everything and really they can't. And without, and for now, from the position that I'm at, I'm like, if somebody's telling you to, they can personalize your diet without a food intolerance test or something along those lines, without diagnostic testing and understanding the hormones, with understanding the vitamins and mineral levels in your body, understanding your vitamin D level, sugar, blood sugar, if you don't have that, there's no way you can personalise a diet. It's just impossible. Like, I think, again, it also comes down to being comfortable to know what's going on. Um, and again, this is this is especially dominant with females on cycle. Mm. 
many, many coaches who you ask, and I'm not going to say coaches, I'm going to say trainers, many personal trainers that I've spoken to, oh, you know, X, Y, Z, this has happened, and they can't seem to get in their head why she's gained two pounds or why they've put on four pounds or why their mood has changed. Um, and it can be down to something so simple as, as the female cycle and understanding the hormones. And if you genuinely don't understand the science behind this stuff, and it's not, it's not detailed science, it really is quite basic understanding the very basic hormones, the basic bodily functions. And if you can't understand the basics, then how on earth are you going to expect your trainer to put together a structure that you believe in? Because if they don't believe in it, then I'm not quite sure why you're buying into it. So it's such a big point. It's something I'm so big on because the standard of coaching and training now is just so piss poor. People, you know, you work so hard and you're about, you're about to spend your pennies and invest in your health to find out that the person you've hired, well, let's not get into that. Yeah. So please do your research. Yeah. I mean, usually you can tell about personal trainer by the amount of times they look in the mirror when they're training their clients. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you'll see them always looking over, looking over, flexing a bit more, um, doing their hair, and just like, you're meant to be focusing on your, your client. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. There's again, that's a whole other podcast, and we've kind of <laughs> we've gone well off topic of metabolic typing, but. <laughs> the one thing we, we can relate it back to is personalization is everything in order for you to get a result. If your trainer gives you a diet plan without speaking to you or without understanding how many calories you're on, where your foundation are, what your level is, how many times you train, what your current cardio is, there is no way in hell you will ever get a result. And that leads us nicely back to kind of the yeah. start, yeah. personalization. Exactly, yeah. And, and like you say, it needs to be changed or adjusted as you go throughout. Like your, the, the environmental um, factor of a diet is never factored into anyone's diet. So the fact that we can't get certain foods at certain times of year, or shouldn't be able to at least, um, and the fact that the, the temperatures change and the external forces on our body of you know exercise and stress they all change and so will our nutrient levels and so will our nutrient um, needs so you need to make sure that you you are adjusting it and understand that, that it can be adjusted it's not something you should stick to 100% of the time because um, the human body's not like that we're adaptive machines we've got to adapt to our environment so our diet has to adapt along with it so there we go, metabolic typing, finding the right coach, um, and personalization. Stay tuned, guys. We'll keep up to date with more episodes coming very, very soon. Thank you for listening, and uh, stay safe out there.